Did you know that every year, half a million people in the United States end up in the hospital due to dehydration? This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode 137. And coming up, we explore different ways dehydration is affecting you that you may not realize. Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast. It's a podcast that's dedicated to navigating how we can all improve our health and well-being through small healthy habits we can start implementing right now. I'm your host, Chuck Gatica, and every other week we sit down with a certified expert and we discuss topics that cover nutrition and fitness and more. And on this episode, going deep in the idea, trying to learn more about the signs of dehydration that are important to maintain good health. With us today, registered dietitian for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is Shanti Apello. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks. You know, this is interesting stuff because we just take for granted, well, we're, we'll drink water and everything's going to be fine. But according to the National Library of Medicine, this blows my mind, Shanti. 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated. Yeah. And staying hydrated, we know, is critical for good health all the way around. It can prevent lots of other health conditions, and with bodies that are made up of 60% water, this is kind of crucial that we understand this idea of hydrating, doing it properly, and it just seems like, well, there's a glass, I'll just drink it and everything will be all right. But it's not always that simple and straightforward, is it? Yeah, I think part of the reason for that is some individuals rely on thirst alone, and sometimes that's just not enough, especially as we get older. They might just go for a glass of water if they're thirsty. You get really busy in the day, that can happen too. But the important part here is that whenever we are dehydrated, it does upset that balance of minerals, like the salts and the sugar in your body. And that can affect the way it functions. That's why there are, you know, side effects to being dehydrated. You're not going to feel as great. You're not going to function as great. And so that's kind of where everything is. We we think of, you know, the symptoms like dry skin. That makes sense, right? But there are so many other ways that it can impact us. Well, tell me about some more of those basic signs, because for a lot of people too, we think, well, we'll just supplement with coffee or a soda or something. And yeah, it's liquid, but it still has other things in it that may actually enhance dehydration, right? Yeah. So caffeine, the research on that is a little back and forth in terms of whether it contributes to dehydration or not, but it can contribute to your overall you know, fluid intake for the day. But for example, if you're someone who's experiencing constipation a lot, that could be due to not consuming enough water. If you're getting a lot of headaches, if you feel like you're feeling very tired, fatigued during the day, and you can't figure out why, you're like, I got a good night of sleep, but I am feeling so tired and I can't figure out why. Oftentimes a glass of water or a few can be really helpful. Just feeling really stiff and dry mouth, you're not going to the bathroom as often. Your pee is a little more yellow than it should be. All of those things are, are good signs that a glass of water is is what you should go for. Do you track your your water intake during the day? I know a lot of people have those smart bottles and things that actually track how many glasses a day. Do you track it? You look to a certain number? I don't. So there's actually not a specific recommendation for how much water we should all consume in a day because it's so dependent on, you know, how much exercise you get, how much fluid you actually lose. Like personally, I don't sweat very much, which is 
a blessing and a curse, by the way. <laughs> you get very overheated. <laughs> and, you know, some people who are bigger obviously need more water. People who are athletes. Anyways, there's so many things. But generally, people should consume, men should consume about 13 cups a day, women about nine. And for wow. me, the way that I keep track of it is that I love sparkling water and we have these one liter sparkling water jugs that I fill up myself and, you know, sparkle. <laughs> yeah, so you've got the, little, you got the gizmo. Had, yeah. yeah, if I've had about three to four of those in a day, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so that's how I keep track of it. But it is a good idea to keep that in mind, how much you're drinking. So I would have missed on the test here because I have been programmed most of my life to think eight cups of water a day was the was the right number. You're saying for a guy it's 13 now? Yeah. So again, there's not a specific number out there that exists, but the National Academy of Medicine does recommend those 13 cups for men. Wow. Well, you know, you've got to be careful. you got to give it back somehow. So just make sure you're planning your time, right? Yeah. 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 Well, you talked about affecting your day and feeling maybe a bit lethargic or something, you know, that that could be a sign, one of those basic signs of dehydration. But what about the idea of the amount of sleep we get and how does that affect our hydration level? Yeah. So there's a few different theories here. And there was an interesting study done in 2019 and it was published in the journal Sleep. What was interesting about it was that they examined about 20,000 adults from both the United States and China. So the great thing is that they're looking at two different groups of people. Yeah, culturally very different. Yes, culturally different. And so it was an observational study, so it's not going to prove causality in any way. But uh, they found that people who were getting six hours of sleep a night had significantly higher rates of dehydration than those who would get eight hours of sleep a night. And so the Sleep Foundation has a couple different reasons why they think that this could be. So... Of course, we lose water throughout the day. When we go to the bathroom, that's the majority of our losses. But throughout the day, we're also going to lose some water through our skin and through breathing too. And a lot of that breathing happens, of course, at night where we're not filling up more on water unless you're getting up and filling up your water all throughout the night. But there's really no fluid intake to make up for all that loss that happens when you're breathing. So the belief is that we, of course, have this internal clock, our circadian rhythm, and that is supposed to have a mechanism that kicks in that helps us balance hydration while we're sleeping so that we don't become dehydrated. So it's going to tell our body to produce this hormone vasopressin, which basically makes your body retain water so that when you're sleeping, you're retaining that water, which also helps you know prevent you going to the bathroom all throughout the night. So if then your sleep is cut short or it's interrupted, then that natural process of that circadian rhythm and that hormone production may have been interrupted and then that could contribute to dehydration. So that's the theory. Well, and it's an interesting theory. Also, it, it's not lost on me that, and of course, regardless of age, really, if you pound a lot of water or iced tea or whatever you're going to do close to bedtime, right, you may interrupt your own sleep because again, you got to give it back at some point. So I think that that's the balance that we all try to find is how late in the day do we make sure we're hydrated? And if we're you know, not hydrating during the day and trying to make up for it later before we go to bed, well, that could be a disruptor as well. You know. Yeah. That kind of makes me think of alcohol and the way that that impacts our body too. So there are, yeah, I don't know if you've had a couple of glasses of wine, then you go to bed and you're like, oh, 
I did not get a good night of sleep. I feel like I was going to the bathroom all night. And that's because alcohol suppresses that vasopressin, that hormone that I talked about that basically tells your kidneys to retain fluid. So that whenever you're not producing as much of that hormone, you're then going to be releasing more water. And that's why when you drink alcohol, you have to go to the bathroom more often and you're losing more fluid and it makes you more likely to be dehydrated. Doggone it here. I thought there was a good idea to have a glass of red wine for my health every once in a while, you know? <laughs> it's the excess though. Yeah, know? I know. It's yeah. the balance. We're back to balance yeah. again. So outside of things that we're doing to ourselves, you know, what we're ingesting or not, are there certain people that are wired a certain way? Maybe it's a physical condition. Are there certain people who are prone to dehydration over others? So generally babies are, are going to be more prone to dehydration. That's because their bodies are so small. And so even losing a little bit of fluid is going to make a big difference. They also turn over those electrolytes quicker than adults do. So again, they're, they're more prone to dehydration. Older people are more prone as well because they may forget to drink fluids. That thirst mechanism could be lower in, a, in older adults. So they may not recognize that they need to drink as often. I have to tell my grandpa all the time, you need to drink some water, you know? And he's like, but I'm not thirsty. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I always have to explain that to him. Yeah. I went through the same thing with my parents. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. But athletes too, obviously, they're moving more, they're sweating more, especially in the summer, they're more at risk. Are you big on adding anything to your water outside of the sparkle? <laughs> <laughs> are you, uh, I mean, do you add electrolytes in the little packs or are you supplementing during the day with sports type drinks to get something replenished or you just really concentrate on water, period? So water is going to be the best choice unless you are someone who's like an athlete who is uh, like an Olympic athlete or someone who is working out for more than two hours or having a really intense exercise for more than an hour. So for those people, they have excess fluid losses, electrolyte replenishment is very important. But for general people, for example, if I'm going to the gym for an hour, I'm getting on, you know, the Stairmaster for 15 minutes, maybe then I switch to the elliptical and then I do some, you know, weightlifting, whatever it is, that's not going to require electrolytes for someone like me. Well, that's good to know. And so yeah, how do we look at this idea of cognitive, not decline, but affect? So if we're not hydrated enough, I would assume we could really be fuzzy, right? We could start to see reasons why it's manifesting in, in the way we're going about thinking and otherwise, huh? Yeah. So it could be a contributor to, you know, this brain fog. You're not feeling very clear headed. And again, that fatigue and those headaches can also filter into this. Harvard University or Harvard Health actually reported that symptoms of dehydration could occur with as little as 2% water deficit. And some of the symptoms that they listed were short-term memory loss, confusion, and fatigue. So, and in addition to some mood changes, you know, irritability and depression. And with that, oftentimes comes performance that is not as great as you uh, would normally do. So if you're taking a test, if you have a hard day at work, if you're someone who does a lot of math, staying hydrated is a good idea. Yeah, but you know what you're saying, it's so interesting because is there anything more natural, a prescription more natural than drink the proper amount of water per day? And think of the things that you just referenced that could wind up on a list of other maladies, right? Those are conditions produced 
But literally, the first place you could start if you were saying, I ha- I'm having a brain fog every day at four in the afternoon, would be uh, check your hydration. How easy is that one without thinking that, you know, you've got some fatal disease that's popped up, you know? Well, of course, if you if you do um, experience something like that, talking to your doctor is a good idea. But yeah, I mean, how easy is it just to say, <laughs> I don't feel right. very well. I'm just going to drink some water. It's such an easy, at least test to see if it helps. Right. So when you start looking at this idea of advice to clients that you've had and now to our audience that's listening, the best ways for us to stay hydrated would include what? Including hacks that, you know, you've come up with one yourself because you tend to like (laughs) sparkling water. But Yes, I love it. You know, give us some ways that we can all remember because we all don't have these fuzzy episodes, but we all get busy even if it's in spurts. You know, we're running and gunning it or taking kids somewhere doing something and it can interrupt the day. Definitely. So the first thing is... Don't rely on your thirst alone. Okay. Don't do it. <laughs> Keep drinking throughout the day. Keep your water filled throughout the day. So, you know, for example, if you have a 20-ounce water bottle that you can fill up a couple of times a day, that's a really good idea. And, you know, like me, find ways that you can make water more enjoyable for you. Uh, it could be flavored sparkling water. It hi- I know there's some myths out there saying that they don't hydrate you. They absolutely do. So, Mix in some fruits, some citrus into your water, just things that make it taste better. And then, you know, think about the foods that you're consuming, too. Of course, drinking straight water is going to be the best option, but even high water fruits and vegetables are great. So, for example, cucumbers, watermelon here in the summer, all of those are good options, too, to get in that extra little bit of hydration. And if you're one step away from pure water, which this time of the year, you know, our episode is hitting early August, we're still in the heat of a Michigan summer. You may put in sprigs of mint or boil some water and, you know, make a tea and then cool it off with ice. I mean, there are ways to make water more palatable if that's what you're after. Yes, definitely. I think that working with patients and clients in the past, oftentimes those who, you know, were drinking sodas throughout the day rather than water, one of the biggest reasons was they just didn't find it as palatable. And another piece of advice there is just to start. Start somewhere. It doesn't have to be overnight where you were drinking eight sodas a day. We say pop up here in Michigan. Yeah, we do. Yeah, right. (laughs) But you're drinking that and then all of a sudden you're switching all the way to water. Like you can do a little bit of half and half as long as the balance is tipping more towards the water. So I know that you are big on water because you've admitted that. And you talked about these 20-ounce jugs, right? Sometimes they get so big, I start looking at people with them and they have like, yeah. it looks like a 55-gallon drum. You know, they're carrying around and it's got the giant thick straw in it. But I've also noticed something else that's anecdotal. Those people that I see, and every once in a while, you know, I'll give them a little shot, a little jab that, you know, this thing looks like a bucket. I've noticed that whether they're working at losing weight or they actually are trim and fit to begin with, there seems to be connectivity between the people that are drinking and hydrating, you know, drinking a lot of water. And I'm sure that because they're focused on their health, there's other stuff, you know, they're working out more or something. I don't know if there's research that shows that. I've heard that if you drink more water, you'll lose weight. But to be fair, the people who I see that carry around the big ones tend to be a little more svelte. Well, one thing about carrying around a huge thing of water is that you're constantly reminded to drink water. If it's not in front of you, it's hard to remember to drink it. The second thing is, yeah, oftentimes if you haven't had enough water to drink, you can confuse your thirst for hunger. You may overconsume food 
if you didn't have enough water to begin with. So that that's a part of that energy balance equation. But something else you said that I think is really funny is like you were talking about those huge jugs and they're kind of hard to drink out of, right? Well, yeah, but they usually have that big straw. Like, why don't you just run a hose over from the garden, you know, <laughs> and, and just drink it at work? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So personally, OK, this is such a weird thing, but like I love the like drinking out of these glasses. I know they're small, but I just refill them over and over. And they just taste so good to drink out of. Well, wait, raise that again and talk about it. It looks so elegant. You know, if you had one of those big 20-ounce jugs right now with a giant straw the size of, you know, a, a bazooka, <laughs> it just would not look as elegant as, there you go, look at this. It's like you're a spokesperson for water now. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. so th for those who are listening and not watching, I just, you know, there's a glass that I really love drinking out of, and I just think that the water tastes better out of it, and it's my water glass. So if you're someone like that who just, you know, may not like to drink out of water bottles. There are solutions like that. Just carry a glass and the jug and you're good. Well, and to be fair, you know, a lot of us have our favorite coffee mug right in the morning and you've got your favorite water drinking glass. Yes. And for, again, for anybody who's not watching, they're listening. It's not like it's made out of cut crystal with your initials on it. It's a nice glass, but it's a yeah. glass, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I like the weight of it. I like how thin the rim is. <laughs> and yeah. You must be easy to shop for during the holidays, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Just stock me up on these glasses again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Uh, takeaways for us on this episode. Anything else you want to add or reinforce for us all to think about? Yeah. I think whenever we're thinking about water and it making up such a big part of our body and even more part of our brain, just think about the vital nature of it, right? All the things that it's going to do for your body, for your joints, for your skin, for your brain fog. There are so many reasons to be drinking it for you to feel your best and perform your best. And I think that's a good enough reason to be filling up your jug. Okay, good. Well, nice to see you. Thanks for bringing the glass along because we don't have props every week. So this was nice. <laughs> Always here for it. Thanks. Shati Apello is with us, registered dietitian for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Thanks for listening to our show. If uh, you want to know more about a Healthier Michigan podcast, you can check us out online. Don't forget, you can go to a healthiermichigan.org slash podcast. You can leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can always follow us, too, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. You can get new episodes, old episodes on your smartphone, tablet, any device you've got. Be sure you subscribe to us, you know, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All right, we're done now. Time for you to get your water. I'm Chuck Adica. Be well. <laughs>